Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2169. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in a beautiful Draper, Utah, right up nestled into the mountains with a very special guest by the name of Mark Osmondson. Mark, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready. I'm ready, Mark. Thank you. We'll have some fun here. So before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Mark? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm pretty much an open book, so there's there's not a whole lot of things that, that people know, don't know about me. I, I'd say I've never broken a bone, and continuing on a similar theme, perhaps, I have zero cavities. Now, I, I promote that one. I promote the zero cavity thing to everybody I can because it's, it's kind of a, uh, a badge of honor. Well, maybe the, the, the good bones have something to do with the good teeth. Yeah, it could be. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I've never broken a bone either, but uh, I can't say the same for uh, my mouth. So, uh, yeah, I've broken that one too. But, uh, well, very interesting. Okay, well, good genetics, you know. Uh, uh-huh. If you were a horse, you'd be sold first on the block. So Yes, I wouldn't be sent to the glue factory yet. <laughs> that would be a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let me yeah. give you a proper deduction here. Mark Osmussen is with Jameson Search, and he's the vice president at automotive aftermarket recruiting. Two characteristics have remained consistent in his life more than any others, a love for cars and a desire to facilitate meaningful connections. Within the sponsorship and business development side of motorsports, these two characteristics began to blend in a very formal way. Over the course of eight years, Mark was responsible for providing meaningful and quantifiable programs, all while continuing to build a robust network of passionate professionals in the industry. In the past seven years, he has formalized his automotive passion into a recruiting practice that has enabled him to work with outstanding aftermarket companies and introduce them to people who will truly make an impact within their organizations. This is cool. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So, you know, they keep the gas in the tanks here, so we'll give them a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. 
But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because... Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. So Mark, we are back. So I really love connecting with you because when I started Cars Yeah, the whole idea was inspiring automotive enthusiasts, my mantra. I wanted to expose inspiring automotive enthusiasts to people who would love to be working in the automotive field, but maybe they weren't. And they didn't realize there was all these opportunities. And when I came across you, I went, okay, here's the guy that is doing the whole inspiring automotive enthusiast. So let's first start with how did you get into this business and then how have you formed and molded this into some way of bringing people into where they should be and helping the people that need to find them? Oh, I appreciate the question because it's an evolution that frankly was an accident on purpose. So nobody aspires to be a recruiter, a headhunter. You can call me a headhunter and I won't be offended, but I never intended to become this, but in many respects, it is the perfect culmination of things that I've been doing previously. So I spent, I spent 15 years at, at Kraft Foods selling to retail grocery accounts, and it, it became very clear that my job was going to be going away. But as a car guy, I was keeping an eye on everything car-related in Utah. And at the time, a guy by the name of Larry Miller, who owned the Utah Jazz, the Salt Lake Bees, and 50-some-odd car dealerships, was building a racetrack outside of Salt Lake City. And so when my job at Kraft went away, that was the first resume I sent was to the Larry Miller organization, hoping to get a job in sales at the racetrack. And long story short, I'd never been to a road race before. I'd never been to a drag race before. I'd never been to any formal sanctioned event. And so 
fast forwarding, it took me about six months to land an interview with, uh, at the time it was Greg Miller, Larry's oldest son, who was overseeing some of the track activity. This was at the end of their first season in 2006. And Greg hired me, unbeknownst to him, Alan Miller, or excuse me, Alan Wilson, excuse me, who was the uh, CEO of the track, uh, was hiring somebody to run their sales department in the next office. So two people were hired to run the sales organization at the same time. I'd Uh-oh. never even been in motorsports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was really the first step. And it was also the first instance where I had to really start relying on creating a network of people and understanding what their objectives were so that I could solve their problem through a motorsports property. That was uh, seven plus years uh, with the Miller organization, uh, moved into a nonprofit that does a lot of therapies and fundraising through motorsports. Again, a continuation of, of bringing people together. And then lastly, when that opportunity closed, uh, a family, an extended family member said, you know, you ought to try recruiting. I think you'd be really good at it. And Jameson Search, the firm I'm with, allowed me to open an automotive desk, an automotive aftermarket desk. Uh, focused on sales, marketing, product, and and ops roles within the automotive aftermarket and adjacent. And so it's really just been sort of an evolution that's culminated in me being able to monetize creating these meaningful connections. Well, gee, you started at an awesome track. I had the luxury of going out there. I had a friend that was running a race team, an IMSA race team, and went out to that track and spent uh, a couple of days out there, I remember when Audi was launching their R8 and they brought some mm-hmm. of their factory drivers and gave us rides. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a cre- incredible track. It's fun. Oh, I yeah. got to play on that track and drive on that track. And it's so huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. when does this end? It's like yeah. a mini Nürburgring. But <laughs> so this career path that you've created for yourself, really, with your passion for cars and your history is really important, I think, because I interview Tons of people here, obviously, 2,169 now with you mm-hmm. as a guest. And for many of these people, I ask them, how did they get into the field? And there's a wide variety, but I don't think I've spoken with anyone who said, well, I was recruited into it or right. I went and found help. It was just they fell into it. They met somebody and so forth. So let's say, or let me ask it this way. If if a big client comes to you, let's say a big tire manufacturing, they're looking for somebody specifically, is that how you would work with somebody? And then you would go out through your networking and find the right person that would be the fit for them. Would that be a reasonable example of what you do? Yeah. And a more detailed description of that would be as a headhunter, I find the people that my clients are looking for. So I'll do a deep dive with them about the specific role that needs to be filled, the must-haves, the nice-to-haves that an ideal candidate brings. But then we'll we'll go deeper into, okay, so uh, tire company A, what is it about your company that would compel somebody to, to come work there? Um, so that when I talk with potential candidates, I can be full disclosure with them and say, here's what the opportunity entails. Here's what the um, company is like. But even more so, I think one of the things that helps me be successful is listening to what a candidate has to say and listening to what the employer has to say and finding that match, finding where there's a fit. I think all too often, the easier route is to look at a resume and say, well, they're not, they're not going to be a fit for this role because dot, dot, dot. 
I tend to look for the reasons why somebody would be a fit and then basically allow that to form the discussion with the employer. Well, that's refreshing because a lot of times, and I worked at a company for 20 plus years where way back when I was, I wore every hat there was. So I was the recruiter. I was the hirer. I was the firer. You know, we didn't have an HR person. So I had to do all of that. And you would get these stacks of resumes Mm -hmm. and trying to decide based on a sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. I just found to be crazy. And Mm -hmm. I ended up spending massive amount of time calling people and just listening, as you said, for us, we were automotive. We were manufacturing car care products, selling right. things to end users and saying, what do you like about car? You know, and right. now sometimes I wasn't real good at my job because sometimes I would hire somebody based on purely their passion and they didn't bring the right skill sets. Right. And then I'd go, oh, well, that was a mistake. Or I'd have to try to figure out a way. Can we get you up to speed and so forth? But let's talk about what's going on today, because one of the things I hear from so many people that I interview, they cannot find good people. They can't mm-hmm. find any people <laughs> right. at all. Now, with the level of what you're doing, is that a challenge for you as well with what's going on? Absolutely. Okay, then I have to ask, where have all the workers gone? They're out there, but it is an unprecedentedly unique hiring marketplace, employment marketplace, employment environment. And we're still, despite any indications of recession or inflation, It's still very much a candidate-driven marketplace, and it has been for the last 10 years or so, but acutely so now, because there are more jobs than there are people to fill them. And so candidates have generally multiple options. The best candidates, when we get down to an offer stage with one of my clients, may have one or two or even three offers in hand. So they can be very selective, and so that's part of it, plus they're getting they're getting pinged constantly by talent acquisition people, by recruiters like myself. And so some of them have just started or stopped returning calls. Um, they're, they're, they're tired of getting pinged. I talked to someone yesterday and, and she flat out said, if I could put on my LinkedIn profile, I'm happy where I am. I'm not interested. She would do it. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's difficult for everybody. And in the last year, I've had more new clients and had more difficulty placing people with those companies than I ever had in the past because it's such a unique employment environment. Yeah, it is something like I've never seen. And uh, I'm a little bit more mature than you. I won't call myself (laughs) old, but yeah, it's uh, very, very unique. So if there's a listener out there that is looking to work in the automotive industry, because that's a lot of what Cars Yeah! podcast is all about, what are some of the things that you would suggest to them to find that dream a position with the dream right. company. There's probably two really important things to consider. One, follow your passion. So if you are a sports car person, an off-road person, whatever it may be, you probably know the companies that are participating in those segments, whether it be products or other entities, say motorsports, racing, whatever. Um, So follow your passion and be very proactive about your outreach. And the objective isn't to find a job on any given day. It's to just get in people's orbit who are at those companies. The second thing is, and this is especially important if you're not currently in the automotive industry, but there's a truism that it helps to understand. And that is that hiring managers want somebody who's always, or excuse me, hiring managers want someone who's been doing what they need done. 
So the low-hanging fruit for a hiring manager is somebody who's already in the industry. But a lot of times people can take a look at their background, let's say it's sales, and you can talk about how you've solved similar problems, even though you might have been doing it in a widget uh, with a widget product rather than a suspension product, right? So think about how your problem solving is relevant to what a company seems to be looking for based on their posting or based on your conversation. So if somebody's looking for a position, do you suggest they find, I'll use the term headhunter again, because we all understand what that means, a headhunter like you to go to first to present themselves versus going directly to a company? I'd say do it all. The, the advantage of building a network of headhunters is we represent more than just one company, right? Um, I might be engaged in one or 10 searches at a, in any given moment, and that means it could be one or five to 10 different clients. So uh, headhunters, have there's a critical mass there. But the bigger picture is networking is really important. I believe today, as much as ever, who you know will be a catalyst to your next gig. Um, and, and that extended network, and I think LinkedIn is a, is a key to that for people who are looking for their next opportunity. If you connect to somebody on LinkedIn, you're not only connected to them as a first degree connection, but as all of their network as well. And so there's a multiplying effect that enables you to um, communicate with an exorbitant number of people with every single new connection that you make. So networking in general is really important. Great advice. You know, I like to ask guests about what I call driving inspirations, uh, mm -hmm. people who've been mentors, influential mm -hmm. people. It kind of relates back to LinkedIn. I, I've said for years, LinkedIn, and I, I believe it's now being much better utilized, but was, was a massively underutilized tool in the mm -hmm. social media network. And more and more people, I think, now have figured that out, even to the point of migrating away from the Facebooks and things. And mm -hmm. even though LinkedIn, you can get the people posting things that are back into the usual junk we don't want to see, you know, right. political comments or crazy comments or their kid eating popcorn, whatever it might be. But uh, would you say that 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 are, are going back to your uh, in driving inspiration? Was there a person in your life that was very influential to you? Uh, there were multiple people. I think the benefit that I've had through every step of my career, whether it was with craft or then moving into the automotive industry, is that I've had great mentors. And I think one of the strengths that I've had, and I don't know where I learned it from, but I'm, I'm really good at not making assumptions and I'm getting better at it as a recruiter because yeah. it's a necessity, but frankly, uh, just listening to what people have to say. So with, at Kraft, I had a great boss by the name of Scott Benson, who he was he was just a, a, a very empathetic person, just a great person to um, be associated with in in automotive slash motorsports. Alan Wilson, the CEO of Miller Motorsports Park and a track designer. Um, I learned everything I know about motorsports from him and Brian Turner. And Brian was. Uh, he's a British guy who lives in the in California. It was one of the group that brought the Long Beach Grand Prix to the U.S. back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, Doug Brown from Michelin taught me everything that I know about an experiential marketing initiative and sponsorships. Todd Steen at, uh, at um, Michelin at the time, he's now with Jackson Motorsports and Marketing, um, 
learned so much from them about sponsorships and building networks. And all of that has compounded to where I am today. And in the recruiting world, our managing partner at Jameson Search, John York, has taught me everything I know about recruiting. And I've been able to stack all of this experience one on top of the other to um, w- create what I think is a pretty successful aftermarket recruiting practice. You know, it goes back to two things. There's that great book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, mm-hmm. uh, which I love, Habit Five, about first listen to understand and speak to be understood. Mm-hmm. And then what our moms all told us, hang out with the right people. You right. know, Find right. somebody smarter, faster, better than you, and you can aspire to be them uh, versus hanging out with losers and becoming a loser. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's a there's another quote by a guy by the name of Dave Kekich, Um and his his quote is is this: "It's long term success is built on credibility and on establishing enduring loving relationships with quality people based on mutually earned trust. Basically, cut all ties with dishonest, negative, lazy people and associate yourself with people who share your values, and then you become." who you associate with. So basically saying exactly what you said with just a little bit more um, nuance to it. Yeah. And elegance works real well for a marriage too. Uh, Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Well, I I wasn't so successful the first time around. Fingers crossed for the next time. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I was very, I'm fortunate. Uh, I took my mom's advice, married a woman who was way smarter than me. We we just celebrated 38 years together. Oh, congrats. And uh, and I'll tell you, my, my grandparents were married just about 70 years. And I asked my grandpa the day I got married, I said, what's the key to a successful marriage, grandpa? And he said, oh, that's easy. Just do everything she tells you to do. (laughs) My grandmother jabbed him in the ribs and said, don't lie to the boy, Bill. And uh, then he got serious and he said, you know what? Here's the key. Always be willing to give more than you expect to get back. Yeah. And if you both do that, you got a pretty good relationship. I think yeah. they I think they kind of figured it out. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about finding that dream job. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. 
That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So the big challenge question, which I love to ask everybody because it's really about lessons learned. We touched on some of this earlier in our talk, but is there a big obstacle, challenge, failure that you had to overcome? And more importantly, what was it, but what was the lesson learned that was positive that you've taken forward into your life? I'd say um, learning new industries. And even though automotive is, is a, an industry, I've been in different segments of it. And so there's, there's different nuances to each. And so I think learning new industries has been some of the biggest, uh, have been some of the biggest challenges I've faced. And, and I guess the, the learning was enhanced by listening, but also never making assumptions about a situation, about an individual's objectives, um, ask lots of questions. And within the recruiting spectrum, especially, um, it's managing expectations. And, and when in the recruiting world, there's, there's more failures than there are successes because you, if, if you're going to call humans a product, right, you, you have a product that you're pitching to your client who they can change their mind. They can blow an interview. Whatever it may be, their past could catch up to them. And so you have to learn from each of those instances where something unexpected happens and seek to be more diligent going forward and then manage everybody's expectations through the process and help push the process forward. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges in recruiting is time is of the essence and for both the candidate and for an employer. And, and so, I mean, there's, I've, I've kind of jumbled everything together, but in, in short, it's, it's, it's listening without um, any preconceived notion. It's being human focused, people focused to solve these conundrums and, um, and just managing expectations throughout the process. You know, one of the things I encountered in my past career was waiting too long, not only to change somebody's position in a role, but to find a new person for that role. Mm-hmm. You just keep kind of struggling along thinking things are going to change and they never do. They only get worse. Mm-hmm. So for for those people out there that are in that position, let's say they're looking and they, they kind of know that I need to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Would your advice be the sooner the better? Because it's hard to find great people. Right. Now, are you talking from an employer's perspective? Yeah, from an employer's. Yeah, employer's perspective. I'm just using myself as an example, but I've helped mentor some people recently that were making big changes in their careers. You know, they've been at a job for 15, 20 years, and now they're looking for something different. And so many times people wait too long. They don't, you know, it's that old age, old story I was told once. It's one thing to know there's a problem. It's quite another to do something about it. Right, right. Well, there's at a risk of being too long winded. So you stop me if I need to stop (laughs) from an employer's perspective. If I'm an employer and I'm looking to hire people, 
get started quickly because the process will be more drawn out than you expect because it's harder to get people into the conversation right now. If you are if you are someone who is open to exploring new opportunities, we'll call them candidates, which I think is not completely accurate, but um, somebody who's open to uh, exploring new opportunities, especially if you've been with a company for a really long time, it's likely you've never had to look for a job or wanted to look for a job. And so the whole process is going to be foreign. Get as much input from people around you. And it could be recruiters, talent acquisition people that you already know. It could be people do who do hiring and firing at, at any organization. But get some insight into what the process will be like. And that's one of the conversations I have really frequently. And the automotive industry, it's a big industry, but it's a small community. And I stole that from one of my clients. And so the more we can help each other out, the better we'll all be. And so I have a lot of conversations with people that I call a general recruiting discussion. Here's what you can expect. This is what the process is going to be like. There's set elements of the, that are going to just absolutely suck that you're going to hate. It is what it is. It's not personal. But here are some things you can do to countervent those situations. And there are no silver bullets, right? There is no ideal resume that's going to open doors for you. There, There is no uh, right way to do everything. So I would say the, the most common piece of advice I give to people, whether it's on the employer side or the candidate side, is just be proactive. If somebody says we're going to call you in a week and they don't, on day eight, call them and say, hey, where do things stand, right? If you're interested in company XYZ, uh, reach out to people at that company at your level and above and bring them into your network, particularly on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn for people, whether you're looking for a job or looking for people to join your company, LinkedIn is key. There is no better, and you said it before, there's no better personal branding, professional personal branding tool. There's no better networking tool for the business community than LinkedIn. And we recruiters live in LinkedIn. We just do. You know, all of my guests, I become LinkedIn friends with. I try. Mm -hmm. um, some of them aren't using it at all, but many mm -hmm. of them are. And those relationships through that have brought me uh, I, a lot of things I have to shuffle through. People mm -hmm. wanting to sell me something that I have no need to buy. Right. But it also has created an open doors for some wonderful guests that I've had on the show mm -hmm. here. So I use it the same way I use any social media. I post stories every day on there, uh, which relate to my guests and so forth. So I always tell people, you've got to use that. And I think for some of the people I've recently mentored that are a little older and have been somewhere longer, are you on LinkedIn? No. Why not? Right. Well, I never needed to be. Well, now's the time. Right. Well, you said something earlier that applies to LinkedIn. The more you give on LinkedIn, the more you get back. So for somebody especially who is of an, of an older age, who has some great professional experience under their belt, there's a lot that they can give. And it'll come back to them either through a more meaningful connections or perhaps job opportunities. But and it's as simple as, uh, you know, acknowledging a post, commenting, giving your expertise, sharing somebody's content. The more you give, the more you remain in people's orbit, the more they recognize it. And then when it does come time to find a job, um, it's, it becomes a warm call rather than a cold call because you're reaching out to somebody you've already interacted with, even though it's through a social media platform. You know, you touched on something that just spurred a thought, too. Would you suggest for anybody in any position not just a business owner, to build their own brand within what they do. Do you know what I mean by that? 
I think it's something that everybody needs to do, but it's not the same as building a corporate brand identity through a social media platform. I think as an individual, you build your brand, particularly on LinkedIn, by having relevant professional um, content that is tied to what you do. So again, because hiring managers want somebody who's already been, already been doing what they need done, ensure that the chronology of your, your job history includes bullet points of your successes. That's part of that personal branding. Make comments and share your expertise. I think, again, avoiding religion and politics. Let's keep this a professional forum. But share that expertise and again, it, that's part of the personal branding exercise as well. Well said. Well, we've touched a lot on how to find the dream job and what you do to help people. But the other way I introduced you was this love, lifelong love for cars. Mm-hmm. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit here. Let's talk about a special vehicle story in your life. Is there one? I'm guessing there is. If so, <laughs> tell me a little story about it. <laughs> Probably the best vehicle stories that I have relate to my time in in motorsports and and sponsorship activation. I don't think there is a better mechanism for engaging people than through motorsport sponsorships. And so when I was with Miller Motorsports Park, now called Utah Motorsport Campus, we used to do programs uh, where we would give tours of the museum. And at the time, Larry Miller had, Larry died in 2009, but he was a prolific Shelby collector. And he had one of the most amazing Shelby collections, including Ken Miles' uh, Le Mans car, including one of the six Cobra Daytona Coupes. And so we would give people tours of the museum and to watch people's jaws drop when they're standing next to a $15 million car. Um, When we're in the control tower at a racetrack and there's a race going on beneath them and they are really privy to the, the, the central operations center for conducting a race, the safety operations, the logistics, all of that. And the broadcast. I had I had one uh, guest that we were giving a tour. Of, it was a business group, and we're showing them how they can use the motorsports park for their own business endeavors. And she's standing outside the broadcast booth where where Speed TV was broadcasting the World Superbike race at the time. And she tears came to her eyes, and she said, "I can't believe I'm here." People giving them hot lap rides, right, and and out and in lap where they're strapped into the right seat of a uh, of a Mustang. And the grins on their faces when you unbuckle them, it's, there's nothing better than that. And so all of my best uh, car memories are really living vicariously through somebody else's experience. <laughs> nice. That is probably the most unique answer to that question. I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here, Mark, be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, not what uh, you want to be, but you were actually some type of vehicle, what would you be and why? My inclination is to say something fast and fun, but the reality is probably an old farm truck. I'm a little dusty. I'm a little dirty. I smell funny. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out of shape, but ultimately I can still get the job done. <laughs> so Fair enough. I'd, I'd have, I'd have to say an old farm truck, probably an old Ford F100, yeah. you know, step side, something fun like that. Just getting it done. You know, I like to ask my guests about how they like to give back, but I look at your entire careers about giving back. You find probably one of the most important ways people can spend their life is doing what they love. You find ways for people to do that for people who need that experience. Is that how you view yourself as someone who gives back? 
Yeah, I like to think so. Um, again, because the automotive industry is, is such a small community, we all cross each other's paths at some point. And whether it's through SEMA or PRI or some other organization like that, the more we can help each other out. And I truly believe that bettering somebody's employment situation, putting them at a company where they can follow their passions and helping that employer get a, a candidate, get a get a new employee that's really excited about the job. I do I do think that's helping out. And yeah, there's I I, I earn a living off of it, but there's a big altruistic piece to it as well. And I spend a lot of time talking with people with whom I may never have a commercial relationship. And and I do it because I love to have the conversations. Um, I love to hear their stories. It's a lot like you. You know, I, I love to hear what people have to say about what got them to where they are and where they want to be next. It's a lot of fun. How about a great book you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I don't read a whole lot of self-help types of books. Frankly, one of my favorite books that is automotive focused, there's, there's a couple. There's Go Like Hell. Uh, which is about the Ford Ferrari Wars, and then The Art of Racing in the Rain. And that last one is is close to my heart because I was involved with both the incarnation and the, the closure of the Ford Racing Mustang Challenge race series. And Linda Randall, who ran the series, after the first season, she gave all of the, the teams and all of the race stewards and volunteers and personnel a copy of Art of Racing in the Rain. It had just come out at that point. And I, I love that book because it's an emotional, gut-wrenching story. And it's a tutorial on, it's a metaphor, frankly, for how life and racing are so similar. Well, you mentioned two past Cars yeah alumni of yours, uh, mm -hmm. now on Cars yeah, AJ yeah. Bame, Go Like Hell, and yeah. Car Stein, Art of Racing yeah. in the Rain. So, nice. uh, yeah, both great books. So if any of you <laughs> listeners didn't get a chance to listen to those two guys, uh, you can find them and all the past guests on the Cars yeah website. All right, the ultimate drive. I'm going to park anything you would like in your driveway. You can take it on a drive. And here's the key. Since we both like being around people, you can take anybody with you, even someone who's no longer with us, someone who's passed, which opens up a wide variety oh, for geez. this ultimate drive. So what does it look like for you? Let's start with the ride, the car. Uh, it, it all depends on the type of drive that I'm doing. Lately, I've been inclined to find a dirt road and just go, hmm, I wonder where that goes. So you can't really take an Audi RS6 Avant on that kind of road, which would be my choice for a pavement drive. So if I'm riding in the dirt, it's probably a, a kitted out, Lexus GX 460 that call it an overlander, if you will, which isn't really what I do, but I just, I want to explore ghost towns and, and do something like that. If I'm on the road, it's route 66. I've always wanted to do the entirety of, of route route 66, however you pronounce it. Yeah. I'd love to take uh, a, a drive like that with my kids. I have three kids ages uh, 24 to 17 and I don't know that they'd be so inclined to do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, know, I know my oldest would. She and I have done it when I took her to college twice, but uh, I'd, I'd love to do that. And and my girlfriend, Nadine, she she's a, a, a wanderer in spirit. 
And uh, she's one where if we had a, a destination, it would take us three times longer to get there because of all the fun <laughs> stuff to see in between. So that's that's what I'd want to do. The sidetracks there, yeah. Well, going yeah. in a going in a unique car might uh, be more intriguing for the kids too. But uh, yeah. Sounds yeah. like sounds like a good dad trip for sure. So you've taken <laughs> us on a, a very informative journey here, and I really appreciate it. A little bit of a different show here on Cars, yeah. However, when I think about it, it really is the the nemesis, or not the nemesis, it is the, the core of what Cars, yeah, was started about, mm-hmm. and that finding a way to get people into a career and a life that has meaning and passion for them. So I really appreciate you sharing all this advice. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some words of inspiration, a mantra, a quote with us? Well, I shared one by uh, Dave Kekich earlier, um, which I think is really at the core of how I approach recruiting. But there's another one by um, by Albert Einstein that I think is relevant to life and and professional life as well, especially probably. And that's strive not to be a success but rather to be of value. Um, And and I think that if if all of us can really focus on the value that we can provide, the success will ultimately follow. Absolutely. Well said. How can people learn more about your company? Well, they can always visit my LinkedIn profile. Uh, Again, it's Mark Osmondson. Uh, They can also search for our company name, which is Jameson Search. That's J-A-M-I. S-O-N, either on the web, jamesonsearch.com or the LinkedIn profile for the company and then click through to me as well. I'm, I'm, I connect with everybody in the automotive industry that I can and I welcome people contacting me to just have a general recruiting discussion, discuss their specific um, career objectives or their hiring needs or even just talk about what the employment environment is at any given point. There you go, listeners. Open door there from Mark. So take advantage of that. Uh, I think he's your guy. Hey, Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing uh, some really valuable lessons with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you maybe down a dusty road in a ghost town. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the conversation today. It was great fun. Hi, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.